The following presentation is a Barrett Sports Media production. Recognizing the unsung heroes of sports media. I'm stuck in this pit, working for less than slave wages, working on my day off. This is the Producers Podcast with Brady Farkas. I'm the executive producer. Oh, you're the executive producer. And it starts now. Welcome in, everybody, to episode one of the revamped Barrett Sports Media Producers Podcast. And over these installments, I'm really looking forward to telling the stories of producers and learning the responsibilities of producers. Because when I got into business seven, eight years ago, I thought the producer was had one job. Sit behind the glass, talk a little bit, answer phone calls, and maybe provide the host with some stats or some figures. I thought that was it. But over the last seven, eight years, one, the producer position has changed a lot. And number two, there's a lot more kinds of producers than I ever thought before. There are producers for podcasts. There are radio producers. There are producers. There are multiple producers on shows, and they have different responsibilities. There's social media producers. There's digital producers. There's also producers of live sports. And that's where we're going to go for episode one. I'm very, very excited for you to hear our conversation with Ben Charleston from WEEI in Boston. He is the executive producer of the Red Sox Network. He handles the work for the Red Sox in-game broadcast as well as all of their affiliates across New England. And he is the executive producer of the daily talk show Mutt at Night as well. So hope you enjoy Ben Charleston. Here's episode one. Ben, executive producer of the Red Sox Network. Let's start there. I think it's expansive, but kind of give me a synopsis of your responsibilities in that role. Well, in a quick, I guess, description of it, basically anything behind the scenes is is really my responsibility. Like I run the board, uh, set up the in-game drops, work with sales, and make sure everything's running smoothly for the, the affiliates. It's not something I can easily describe, I guess, quickly, but just anything behind the scenes and related to the broadcast, that, that that's what I'm doing. And any problems for sales, affiliate broadcast goes through me and, and is my responsibility to figure out how to fix it or, or fix it on my own. One techie question, which is more of an engineering question, but I've been curious is, is my station is a Red Sox affiliate. When you are running the board and getting everything done in-house at WEEI, is it just about everything being perfect at WEEI and then it flows to the rest of the affiliates? Or are there issues that you have to deal with in-game from all of us calling you as well? Uh, usually, most of the time, it's if something goes wrong at my station, then that's where the problem is for the affiliates. But there are times where something goes wrong just at a single affiliate station, like their connection with us or something like that happens and it it is them but more often than not it is a weei situation so i i do make sure everything is perfect for us because that makes it much easier for at least almost 98 percent of the affiliates there is that one time here and there where it is a single affiliates problem but more often than not if there is a problem for affiliate it's something through eei Let's kind of take the Red Sox game production bit by bit before we ever hit the air. You know, the Red Sox pregame show goes on an hour before first pitch before we ever hit the air. How much conversation, if any, do you have 
with the talent about what's coming up during the game? How much do you communicate with the studio host, who's either Mudd or Brian Barrett? How much do you communicate with play-by-play and color guys? Play-by-play guys, not as much. Like if, if there's Bloom or Chris Sale, someone like that speaks, and it's like a big press conference, I'll cut up sound and, and have that ready for them to go on. I'll kind of talk to them before first pitch, being like, hey, these are the, the sound bites we have. Like if we want to play them throughout the game, we're good to go. And obviously, if there are new drops and stuff like that, I'll let the play-by-play guys know. But there, there isn't a ton of stuff with the play-by-play guys, like on a, on a night-to-night basis. More often than not, they have their stuff kind of good to go. And, and like, I'll check in and, and see if they want anything specific. But but that, unless there's, like like I said, like a big, big news dump of the day or, or a big press conference, we don't really break down kind of like what they're going to talk about during the game. Um, Mutt is, is more often or Barrett, um, like early in the morning, we, we, we get emails, uh, between us and kind of big stories of the day. We, we organize what we're going to do for like highlights and sound from the night before to use, and then kind of figure out what the big story is for that day. And and then kind of how we're going to put it into the pregame show. Like if we're going to use national sound, if we're going to use Cora, like something like that. So, so Mutt and Barrett. Is is a definitely a much more back and forth communication between them, trying to figure out like how how we're going to make the pregame show work and and what we're going to use for the pregame show. And the pregame show is very interesting. It's really unlike any I've heard in that it is a one hour long show, but it's done in this talk show style format where there's fully developed segments and there's interviews. There's a lot of moving parts. How do you kind of get that set up and make it run so seamlessly? Repetition, honestly. <laughs> The the like first couple of times when we did it, trying to figure out how to to time everything out and, and get everything going was was a little bit more difficult. Yeah, because it is like we're, we're trying to do a talk show, but we do also have um, a limited amount of time and we have a certain amount of commercials that we have to get in. So it was kind of hard figuring out how to do it. But then as we got going, it was kind of we we learned as we went where like we're like, all right, let's let's try this. And it was kind of we, we try stuff. If we didn't like it or we felt like it slowed down the show or something, we'd then try and find something else. And, and now we've kind of, I, I, it's been a couple of years now, and I think we've kind of figured out the format. Like we're still we're still tweaking stuff, trying to like, all right, like we like this more often. We don't like this as much. But so it, it's kind of, it was kind of a trial by error type stuff where it was, hey, you know, like let's let's do this. We're going to try this out. Uh, if we come up with a new idea, we, we try it out and, and we see how it goes. But yeah, it was at the start. It really was. We were, we we had the idea. We knew we knew how we were gonna do it, the format and everything. And it was just kind of figure out what pieces work where and and how they will fit together. You know, Mutt has done a daily talk show for a number of years. You have produced his daily talk show for a number of years. So I would have thought it was an easier transition to have the pregame show be kind of an extension of that. What made it difficult? The talk show part was easy, kind of like that format but it is since it is a pregame show that's daily and it's based just on the Red Sox it is one of those things where you're you know sometimes there aren't storylines out there there isn't like you know some games it's there's nothing to talk about so you kind of have to figure it out and some seasons like uh, a couple years ago they're just really bad and it's hard to come up with storylines that are interesting so that was that was kind of thing where it is yeah like like we both have worked on that talk show format we've been doing this together for a while so like that part's easy but it it was figuring out like what pieces what format 
and, and kind of what stories make the show interesting. Cause yeah, like we could have easily just hopped on the air for 60 minutes or I think it's like 45 of like actual on air time and, and kind of has gone through the motions, but we were trying to figure out how to make it interesting because it honestly, it is a pregame talk show. Like that's not like something that like people always love. So it is trying to figure out how to make it interesting, how to keep it new and, and, and how to bring people in to talk about what is the big story of the day. Since it is a pregame talk show, has there ever been a discussion of bringing calls into the pregame show? We have talked about it, but it's just one of those things where it is, uh, it is a pregame show. It is kind of like we do have like, you know, the core interview. We have Clubhouse Insider with, with one of our um, beat guys or, or and then we like talk to Will Fleming, stuff like that. So it is one of those things we have talked about it. We only have a limited amount of time where we take callers. And then it's also we have to trust that the callers are, are good or even calling in. So it's it would have been kind of like a risk reward. So, yeah, we, we can take calls. We had talked about it. But then it's like, what if we don't get calls that day? Like, are we going to be focused too much on the callers, like hoping that they call in? And then it, it is one of those things where if you do get them, it, 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 it's a longer process trying to, to vet them and make sure that they're they're bringing something to the show. Like, like to be honest, like it, when it's a four hour talk show, you can get away with, you know, the bad caller here and there because you can keep it quick. But with that, like when we're doing, I don't know, basically 10, 15 minute talk show part, if you have a bad caller and it really just slows down the show completely, like it kind of ruins it. So we were kind of thinking we, we've had we've had discussions or had discussed about bringing callers on. But it was just one of those things we didn't think it really brought anything to the show or, or helped streamline the show. It, it kind of and it caused more problems than, than we thought it would uh, add to the show. Let's move off the Red Sox games. Let's go to Mud at Night, which is a daily talk show airing on WEEI. And it's on from 6 at night until 10 at night on days when the Red Sox aren't playing. So in the off season and on off days where there have been Sox Day games. But it's such a unique time slot in that sometimes it's four hours and sometimes it's an hour long and sometimes it's less yeah. than that even. How do you find a rhythm in the show knowing that day to day – it might be a different a different length of time. That's a good question. Uh, I don't know if I ever really get used to it. Once it's in season, that's definitely the more difficult one. Like off season, it's it's easy to get in the rhythm because, like like you said, it's like off season. We basically have a four hour show every night. You know, there is the football game here and there, but more often than not, we do have four hours. So off season, it's fine. But but yeah, d- during the the week, it is. It is interesting because it is one of those things where we're planning out our whole week, uh, a week or two ahead. Like if we know we have a, a day game coming up, we'll reach out to guests and try and get that and, and try and figure stuff out. So in season, it's I don't feel like there's ever really a, a rhythm for for the night show because it is so random when we do get games. So it is kind of one of those things where you, we're so used to going, you know, 10 minute mud at night into the pregame show and then we got the red sox game so when we do have a four-hour show i think we do kind of have to take take a step back quickly and kind of figure out like what remember what we have to do and, and, and kind of plan out the show a little bit more during the red sox season because it is so rarely that we have a full four-hour show how much are you involved in the content planning 
of mud at night do you do you take a big stake in what's being what's being put on the air is it a couple of emails does mud do the entire thing what's kind of your relationship with the show in terms of content planning content planning i'd say is about 50 50 for i think right now i probably maybe a little bit more for me like sending sound and articles and, and news to mutt but then it's on mutt uh more often than not he'll be the one that kind of goes through the stuff and and picks what he wants to talk about because obviously he's the one doing the show for four hours more often than not by himself so he wants to find what is he thinks he can get reaction from and get callers from so so yeah i'll go through everything and i'll find stories that i think are good stories or good topics to talk about and and I'll like obviously put the sound sheet together for him and, and give it to him. But but in the end, it is Mutt who's who's doing the show for four hours that he needs to make sure whatever he's talking about is something that interests him and something he feels he can get a reaction from. So the planning is, I think, about 50-50. But, but the actual topics and like on-air stuff comes down to Mutt. Like we'll talk from emails and we'll talk when he gets in and kind of plan everything out. But it... Like, and, and there, there are like, I'll suggest stuff, I think like, and, and we'll like go through stuff and talk about it. But like I said, it's more often than not, it's, it's much decision, what we do and what leads the show and kind of what drives the show. How do you handle breaking news that happens within the show? Is it, you know, you've got Twitter up all the time and you're seeing it and you're feeding it to him, or he's got a computer in front of him where he's scrolling as he talks. It's both. So we both have Twitter open. We both are scrolling. Like, obviously when we're, when he's in show, like talking, I'm on Twitter, scrolling, looking for stuff. And then we also have other producers, like the, the afternoon show producers are there for a little bit while our show's going on. So if something does break, they'll kind of run in and, and tell me. But yeah, we're, we're usually going through Twitter, like during breaks, we'll scroll through Twitter while we're in a uh, show. I'll have Twitter up and going through. And um, no, we've had, we've had breaking news every once in a while. And it's kind of, We'll announce it and then I'll start searching for sound and, and rolling on stuff. And then as we get the sound, we, we put it in the show and, and try and make it as seamless as possible. And like, you know, like when, when it breaks, we, we switch gears and go from whatever we're talking about and, and uh, try and find as much sound and get as much reaction from the new breaking news as we can. Ben, I'll get you out of here on this. What advice would you give to young producers? Advice for young producers is... It's not going to be a quick leap to to where you want to go, but if you work hard, show that you're willing to um, put in the time, find good stories, and, and work with your on-air talent, you're going to get there. So just make sure you you grind. You're going to have to grind. It isn't an a industry that is uh, jobs are handed to you. Like you have to take some lumps, grind it out, and to to get where you're getting there. But Take advantage of talking to other producers, take advantage of talking to hosts and, and get as much experience running shows as you can to really show how willing you are to uh, do this job and, and then prove to these people that you are qualified for this. A great conversation there with Ben Charleston of WEEI in Boston. Just from firsthand knowledge, because I've worked with Ben before as my radio station as a Red Sox affiliate, he does a great job. His responsibilities are expansive. He's also somebody who he's got the highlights from the game sent out to all the affiliates within 10 minutes of the final pitch being thrown. He's very, very on top of it. Appreciated all he had to say about advice to young producers as well. I thought that that was really poignant and 
he's right. It's a business where you have to grind. It's a position where you don't always get the glory, especially as quickly as you might want it. But Ben has proven that if you keep putting in that time and keep putting in that work, great things can happen to you and great opportunities can come to you. So that was episode one with Ben Charleston. I look forward to what we have coming in episode two, and I appreciate you tuning in to the Producers Podcast from Barrett Sports Media. You don't want to believe it, but maybe the show is over. Thank you for listening to the Producers Podcast. To enjoy past and future episodes, check out iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, the iHeart app, and BarrettSportsMedia.com.